What's up? This is a major motion podcast episode 19. So last episode, when we were trying to figure out if we were legal, we were legal because it was we're legal. 18. <laughs> now we're 19. So we're this is our, uh, you know, legal, legal year, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. What's special about 19? 19 is kind of a dumb age. Not a, dumb, you're not 20. Not a damn thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're not 20. The, the, the glow of turning 18 has already worn off. And right. you still wish you could drink. So th- this is going to be our worst episode yet. Yes. <laughs> but I am Nick. You can follow me on Twitter at Nationals Ace. He is Fox. Obviously, you know him. He's up for uh, best sound production at the Grammys. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Fox Home Fanatic. And this motherfucker went viral again. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. God damn. This motherfucker went viral and this motherfucker used it at the exact right time because today is our king richard review and he went viral of course of course on a fucking will smith product because that's all this guy knows how to do is just (laughs) use this man abuse this man all you know in terms of abusing will smith it's one jada pinkett smith and then two fox like they (laughs) abuse this man for their own personal gain but anyways he went viral again today's king richard uh very excited to talk about it fox i know obviously you're talking excited to talk about it but uh how we doing other than uh abusing will smith what you've been up to and just maxing and relaxing like i said I'm <laughs> you <a> motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> show some goddamn respect to will smith i'm sorry will <laughs> that's, no, your I'm ready for- <laughs> that's your father your own blood <laughs> you know what's funny about that video uh that i went that got all the likes and retweets it's still connected to chris tucker because chris tucker was at that exact performance (laughs) so it's like the six degrees of chris tucker i got working you did you make that video yourself because the uh it's on beat oh yeah it it is it is seamless (laughs) and it's actually really really well done i had to uh slow down the video and okay. make it in sync. So the thing is, everybody in the comments and the tweets were like, it's so on beat. It's so this. And, you know, because it beat. was it was I'm like, yeah, you're right. It is. But I didn't want to, like, spoil the the, the movie magic <laughs> and say, like, yeah, because I slowed it down, motherfuckers. That's why it's on beat. <laughs> but, it, to, you know, to Mike's, you know, to Mike's credit, he's he is always on beat, regardless if I slow it down <laughs> or not. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm ready for this. Uh, to dive into this to this turkey and to this ham well actually i don't even really eat turkey if, if i so obviously you know this will this will be coming out i'm going to post it shortly after we're done recording but this will be effectively yeah. our thanksgiving episode uh so we establish i'm not quite a turkey guy i i eat it for the establishment right i eat <laughs> right. it for the establishment of things same if i go to taco bell I'm always getting a Baja Blast. Do I like Baja Blast? It's all right. It's not great, but I get it for the respect to the establishment. On Thanksgiving, I eat turkey out of respect for the establishment of Thanksgiving yeah. and uh, the social uh, norm of just stuffing True. yourself. And and and, and, <laughs> and no, well, I, I I would appreciate if you don't make jokes because I have a psychosomatic reaction to orgasms, <laughs> and I would appreciate if you respect my my privacy during this time. Okay, oh God, he's about to vomit. <laughs> Will man, Will. I mean, obviously, 
that, that's a whole separate conversation. I, I know you've been, <laughs> you know, in the uh, uh, in the mud defending defending your pops about you know <laughs> some shit taken out of context, which obviously happens in today's world with the the ease of social media and whatnot. And by ease, I mean just easy to take excerpts and just post it and run with it, not ease of you know whatever. But mm-hmm. that yeah. <laughs> Will man, he needed King Richard. <laughs> he <laughs> needed some good press. Oh God, oh man. But back back to Thanksgiving. It got it got sidetracked. So we're not turkey guys. You are a ham yeah. guy, honey baked ham. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll eat some. Yeah, I'll crush some ham. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm can't be Muslim. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking that ham up. <laughs> I remember what I was watching. Oh, what the fuck? Oh, I was watching 90 Day Fiance because uh, my wife was watching oh, it. And uh, this, uh, I can't remember where she's from. I don't. I think she honestly might be from Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> African-American woman from Atlanta uh, lied to her soon-to-be husband about being Muslim. And oh, uh, I don't know what country her husband's from, but family very much Muslim. Uh, of Muslim faith, and it was just one whole ordeal. So, and, and <laughs> so that was just a, a sidebar. But it, um, what's your what's your go to side? What, what we what we eating? Ooh, I mean, I feel like the, the the streets are hot with debates about Thanksgiving sides right now. So I wanted to get Fox your take on Thanksgiving sides because me personally, I'm yeah. good with just about anything except yeah. stuffing. I, okay. I've never been a stuffing guy. And uh, for the most things, not everything, there are some exceptions, but for most things, if they require uh, uh, a topping, a condiment, a uh, like gravy in this instance, if they Mm -hmm. require that, then they're not good. If you have to add more shit to it to like defend it or make it Mm -hmm. good, then it's not good. Stuffing's always been dry. It doesn't really taste good. And people are like, oh, well, you need to eat it on top of your turkey or with grape. No, no. (laughs) By itself, no, it's not good. So, um, but I'm good with everything else, pretty much. Yeah. See now, see, I know you're not eating the right shit then, because black people we call <laughs> oh, boy. it. No, see, no. That, no see, the thing is, to, my my family was extremely white growing up. So. <laughs> yeah. No. See, the the big difference is we don't even call stuffing stuffing. We call it, and it's probably because it's cooked differently or made differently. But we call it dressing. And I'm probably you might have heard it already called be referred to as dressing. But I if you have, have, but I didn't make the connection until you just said that. Yeah. So the thing is, you know. And in the black community, we just call it dressing and it isn't dry. So that's the one thing I can say might be the d- biggest difference between stuffing and dressing is that mm-hmm. white people going to make it dry. Black people just going to make it a little more moist and have a little bit more flavor. But yeah, I think dressing is really good if you obviously if you make it correctly. But and you don't need gravy. You don't need shit to add to it. Sure, you right. can add, you know, you can eat it with next to the uh, you can yeah, like add some sauce yeah. to it, gravy, cranberry sauce, whatever you want to do to it. And it'll taste good just because the balance of flavors, especially right. there are good combinations you can make, but it should yeah. also be edible by itself by itself. <laughs> and, and in the white community, I'm going to at the risk of sounding very, very Caucasian here. I've only yeah. ever seen stuffing made out of a box. And let me tell you, uh, you might as well just eat the goddamn cardboard box. Like it's just, you know, see, what I'm gonna, is the fucking point? See, I'm going to tell you how to, I'm going to tell you a key, a key. Show uh, me how to lift Fox. Yeah, I'm going to show you a crucial key ingredient and key technique on how to make some good stuffing. You got to take if it's anything more than pepper. I can't handle it. (laughs) (laughs) No, there's no pepper in this key ingredient. You got to use some honey cornbread as the base for your stuffing. 
And that's, that's the set. That's, good. that's the set foundation. Then you season that bitch however you want to. But the set foundation is some good cornbread. And then you don't need no box shit. Just make the cornbread out of you can make the cornbread out of a box, but just don't take the stuffing from the box. <laughs> so the good foundation is good cornbread. But yeah, I think the top side for me would be mac and cheese because I just made mac and I cheese last week. I love mac and cheese. Especially <laughs> and everybody nice has baked mac and cheese with yes, like a nice baked, like yeah. crispy layer on top, but it's still See. gooey underneath. Yep. That's yeah. <sighs> yeah, no psychosomatic uh reactions to that. <laughs> no, never to food. <laughs> yeah. Never to food. Oh, that's man. yeah, that's a that's a top a top uh side right there. What, what's what, number two? What's what would be your number two? Any well, not anything potatoes. Uh oh, okay. <laughs> my mom used to make twice baked potatoes. I got really into those, but just I so I like mashed potatoes a lot, but I like mashed potatoes with like little clumps of actual mm. potato in them. So yeah. you get a little something when it's just all pure potatoes. Sometimes it can kind of like be a little too liquidy or whatever, not enough form to it. So it's just like, well, what the fuck yeah. am I eating? <laughs> not all the time. Cause yeah. there are good, there are plenty of good renditions of mashed potatoes, but I do like the chunks in there to kind of like break up the, the yeah. monotony of just like the slop form mashed potatoes sometimes take. That's that's a good that's a I love ma- I lo- do love a good mashed potato. I yeah, don't even ha- know what twice whatever good. you just said twice baked twice made whatever that is I haven't so heard of it. But basically, it you you like cut a potato in half, you scoop out the insides, and then um, or maybe you bake it for I, I don't know I I've never made them, um, but then like you kind of with the insides you kind of make okay. it like a whipped almost and then you put it okay. back in and then you bake it again oh. so that's where the twice bake comes in so it's almost like a baked potato with like mashed potato innards and, and yeah and so it and then obviously you put like cheese and shit on top too so it is yeah, good. Sounds, yeah, okay now that sounds really good yeah it is, it is good what about uh what about dessert what you eating on what's your go-to dessert all right all right don't judge me <laughs> yeah, okay i think i know what you're gonna say but go ahead no no no, no. <laughs> uh maybe 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 okay you're 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 cultured enough so i'm hoping i'm hoping you keep an open mind if you haven't heard of this oh yeah sure but i got my mother-in-law hip i got my wife hip and let me tell you i was ridiculed when i brought this up (laughs) so our first thanksgiving together this is before we were married uh, i got asked by my future mother-in-law what dessert or we we got asked my wife and i got asked what what dessert do you want and i was waiting for my wife to say something of course she didn't because she's the most indecisive person I ever know I've ever known. Um, so I said strawberry pretzel salad. And for those that don't know, uh, it is a layer of pretzel sticks and then a layer of Cool Whip. And then on top, it's a layer of strawberry jello, but the jello has a real strawberries in it. And that's it. It, so you it's like a sweet and salty thing sounds really so familiar cool. did you mention this before did we maybe, talk about this maybe okay. because it, <laughs> it, it it's my go-to for any holiday like okay you know you can get extravagant pies and uh i don't even know what an appropriate like ice cream obviously goes with most pies like you can get all those other desserts and i'm gonna like those others like maybe a yeah. cookie platter or something too a charcuterie board of cookies yeah a charcuterie like, board yeah <laughs> uh please psychosomatic re- response <laughs> um and, like you can do all that and i'm gonna love that too but i absolutely love that strawberry pretzel salad 
and it is so good. It, I, I'm a big sweet and salty guy. Love mm. me a sweet and salty combination. And that's the epitome of it. And it's just so goddamn good. So that's what I go to. But most mm. people don't know what I'm talking about when I when I bring it up. So, yeah, I feel like I don't know. I feel like I've definitely heard of that. And I almost feel like I've had it before, but I don't know when or where. Or maybe this is like a I'll, I'll send you a picture. Deja, deja we'll we'll have it tomorrow. We'll have it. I, I'll send you a picture. Yeah, but if I since I don't remember ever really having it if i did i, I need to have it and try it because it does sound good see th- th- this is why i like you because you're open-minded you're not um, yeah i'm to criticism no nah, i wouldn't no nah, i don't i don't i don't do that <laughs> <laughs> nope not at all not once not never nah. what about you what's your go-to dessert oh man um i guess you know traditionally it's always been uh sweet potato pie that's i'm a big fan of sweet potato pie I love sweet potato. You put the little marshmallows on top. Yeah. And then, but my dad is a big fan of, you know, he's Southern. So he's from St. Louis and sweet potato pie is always good, oh, but he's always, he's I also probably, big. Bet he's a, a fucking great cook. <laughs> no, he wishes. No, nah, he's best. Oh, his best no. Thing. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His, his grand, sorry, his mother sorry, would be. Pops. <laughs> yeah. Will Smith is taking on the shins recently. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, uh, what's it called? He's really big into banana pudding. And so my mom always makes mm. a homemade banana pudding and it's always different than, you know, I've always had like a year barbecue. <laughs> no, no. I mean like compared to like the barbecue places, banana pudding or gotcha. whatever, so, some soul food places, all the banana puddings taste different, but I always, I think the homemade mom's mom's way is the best way, mm-hmm. but yeah, banana pudding is a, is a good one. Also, I think kind of underrated is lemon meringue pie. I like lemon meringue pie. That just makes me think of the uh, the my my wife and kids episode oh, shit. <laughs> where he makes them eat lemon meringue pie. That's all I think about. And yeah, because, that's a good episode. Because speaking of psychosomatic uh, reactions, uh, because of the way that show or the episode ended, I was like, I want nothing to do with those pies. <laughs> <laughs> Has nothing to do with the pies themselves. So just uh, just that episode. It's like because uh, it, he made them eat it all the time, right? Is that what, yeah? Because what, yeah, yes. Uh, like he was sleeping one day he had his pie in the fridge and then i think well, one of them uh i think what's the oldest name daughter's name claire i think claire yeah um she lost the bet among the siblings so she had to eat it and then he wakes up realizes it's gone <laughs> nobody fesses up so he just makes them eat pies until somebody fesses yeah. up uh, <laughs> okay that's a great show that is a great I, show. I like that show a lot it's a great that, show that was classic on hulu everybody <laughs> it on Google. Streaming recommendation, not the top. Yeah. All right, let's get into TNT. Run through this. Uh, lots of news and stories to cover, and obviously, we got talking Richard. We know we want to uh, a lot, of, uh, a good amount of time to talk about. And there's plenty to talk about with King Richard too. I, I have a lot of thoughts uh, after watching it. But first, TNT, my trailer. Um. So I, I, I do have two. Both of them, I don't have a ton of thoughts on uh, immediately. The first one is Nightmare Alley. And this one, it's a second trailer. It came out, uh, I think, a week ago, maybe six days ago or whatever. But it's going to be the latest movie from Guillermo del Toro. And it has a star-studded cast. Like this, again, I feel like I've been using the uh, fucking word a lot. But it, it is like an, an ensemble cast because of just how many people there are. Uh, Guillermo del Toro directing again, but it stars Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Willem Dafoe, 
Rooney Mara, Paul Anderson, Tony Collette, Ron Perlman, uh, Mary Steenberger, uh, Tim Blake Nelson. Um, I thought there was someone else. Oh, Richard Jenkins, because it's uh, Richard Jenkins and Mary Steenberger who were the parents and, and stepbrothers. So it's like it's hard to to get that out of my out of my head when they're in the same movie. <laughs> um, but the the synopsis: an ambitious an ambitious carny with a talent for manipulating people with a few well chosen words hooks up with a female psychiatrist who is even more dangerous than he is. Uh, this will be uh, releasing the same day as Spider Man: No Way Home, so December seventeenth, just a couple weeks away. Um, I don't know a ton of what's going on. It's kind of like it's supposed to be a thriller. Obviously, that's kind of Guillermo del Toro's uh, kind of uh, motif or whatever expertise is that horror thriller. And this is kind of more of like a you know action crime drama type thing. But it does have those horror slash thriller thriller elements, especially when you get uh you know a female psychiatrist that can kind of get like whacking some of the still shots of the trailer well you're like what exactly is going on here like i got vibes of um um fuck what's that movie not prisoners um hugh jackman and um a prestige prestige thank you thank you kind of got prestige vibes a little bit yeah um and, and there was another move that came to mind, but it looks good. It has a good cast. It has a yeah. good director, but I don't know what's going on, but I will see it like that. That's kind of where I'm at with it. And plus this could be an Oscar contender. It's kind of hard to tell before these movies come out, but what do you think of the trailer? Yeah, it's real interesting. It's kind of vague, which I always, you know, very think, vague, very, very vague, which I think is uh, Take good when a trailer Sony. does that. <laughs> yeah exactly i think it's, it's nice that a trailer does keep some things hidden and doesn't tell everything within a trailer so that i mean that can be a good thing or a bad thing i could see people watching this trailer and be like this hasn't this doesn't give me enough to watch it but i feel like overall it does look like it could be a good movie but and it also reminded me i guess since he directed it too, shape of water that's another movie just tonally and like aesthetically it looks like you directed that yeah if, holy yeah, shit how the fuck did i not know that <laughs> yeah so that's why it looks really similar to that movie that was but yeah movie. i think it, yeah i think it'll I, I think if if shape of water could turn out some uh fucking nominations i'm pretty sure this one can turn out some too yeah because yeah, shape of water was a fucking wacky movie and let me tell you not the fucking movie to watch on an airplane i watched <laughs> that movie uh, I was flying from here to Iceland on my way to Amsterdam and then they had the, you know, the screens on, on the, uh, you know, seat backs or whatever. So I, I was like, oh, shit, I have I'm a big movie guy. You know, I haven't seen Shape yeah. of Water yet. So let me pop this on, and see what it's all about. Great movie. Not the movie to watch when everyone's looking over your shoulder to see what you're watching. <laughs> yeah. So I have not seen it. So I don't know what you're talking about, but I kind of do. But I, don't... <laughs> I mean, you can kind of put in two, 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 yeah. two together based I, on the plot. Yeah, uh, I feel I feel what you mean. Hundred percent, not not what you want to watch when people are looking over your shoulder. Good movie though, and obviously uh, won plenty of awards. Didn't uh, yeah. Michael Shannon win for like best actor? Uh, maybe uh, supporting. Was he supporting? Actor? I think maybe. Yeah, but not even yeah. sure. Um, the other one was one I don't have a lot to say about, but I had no uh like recollection that's was even coming out anytime soon jurassic world dominion released the the first five minutes of the movie about what you expected lots of dinosaurs <laughs> yeah it, it's 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 the intro so you don't see a ton you don't know what's 
going on. Uh, I the last one was so bad and so it wasn't bad because like they're all entertaining because it's fucking dinosaurs, but like yeah. <laughs> it was so forgettable that it, it almost hurt. It's like holy shit, where the fuck are you? Do you do you remember the ending of the last one? I still have to see the last one. That's the one with uh, Jeff Goldblum comes back, right? Yes, but he's only back briefly. for like two minutes. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen that, that one. If that, it's basically just for the marketing, where it's like he gets to use the line. It's like, oh, they'll outlive, or like this was their world before ours, or whatever the fuck he says in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. Um, that's basically all he used for. But the the OGs are coming back for this one. So uh, what? Sam Neil and uh, Goldblum will be back. Laura Dern. Yeah, uh, they'll all be back, which is cool. But also, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum came back for Jurassic Park 2 and 3, and they weren't as good as the first one. So it's like, that only goes so far for me. But it, it did, uh, you know, you know, <laughs> strike a, a, a chord, and I was like, oh, shit, that is coming out. So I don't know if, that, if that's your thing, if you, like, if you like the Jurassic World. So the first one was pretty good. And then the yeah, I did enjoy just, the first one. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the, I, I won't spoil the second one for you. Um, even though it's been five years, like what the fuck are you doing? Um, but <laughs> not watching. <laughs> no, the ending of the second one is just like it's kind of just like eye rolling with the twist or whatever. It's just like really okay, okay. Like, that's where we're going, kind of deal. So. Yeah, and I've barely seen the the OG Jurassic Park, so it's like I'm not that invested in the first place, but I did enjoy um, Jurassic World. See that? But that's this- my that's my problem with these nostalgia movies what's that oh my god i'm gonna sound like such a goddamn millennial here <laughs> you like, boomer <laughs> yeah. no no the, the opposite well okay. i guess i'm calling them boomers but hey. so many movies are so beloved just because of the time they came out yeah like if you watch them now even as a young kid before you see anything else they're not exactly good movies they're just phenomena like oh boy i'm gonna catch heat for this one but like jaws jaws yeah. you never see the shark and yeah. like I get like there's the whole suspense thing, which is good. And I'm not even saying Jaws is a bad movie, but like, you know, th- there's that was such a phenomenon when when it came out. And uh, I think Jurassic Park kind of falls under that. And f- for the time it came out. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah. I'm not trying to discredit it at all. But like, I mean, that's that's really all it is. It's hold like up because period. of the nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't. Some of these movies don't age that well. Yeah. Uh, that's all i'm trying to say i did but i think i did see the first <laughs> you might yeah you might but the first one i think i did enjoy because I, I do remember first one's good. years ago but i saw the, the i think the second one i think they're all on hbo and i think the second one came on the other day and i was watching i was like this doesn't seem that great <laughs> can't remember i can't remember which one's the second which one's the third i remember what happens in both. i just don't remember which one's which the one where jeff goldblum comes back and he kind of has a bigger role that one's like pretty good uh but then there's one where it's just sam neil and okay, yeah. it, that one's like <sighs> like you're just like okay we're doing this kind of thing but also this prologue was kind of underwhelming to me yeah like first five minutes it, it was mainly <laughs> just showing I, I get where they're trying to go because like the name of the movie is jurassic world dominion so it's basically yeah. saying like the dinosaurs are retaking their homeland or whatever the, the shit they're gonna try to you know push on us but uh i, I get what they're trying to go like it opens with dinosaurs like kind of killing each other but it, not maliciously more of like establishing dominance and mm-hmm. you know the pecking order 
amongst dinosaurs and whatnot. So it makes sense what they're trying to do, but it's like, okay, like we kind of already knew that. And the yeah. movie's not coming out for fucking eight more months. <laughs> so I don't know what what were you even doing here? But yeah, those are the two I had. Yeah, so I have uh Turning Red, which is the next Pixar Pixar, Pixar movie coming out March eleventh next year. And that stars Sandra O oh and I guess an up and comer, Rosalie Chang. And that this movie is set in Toronto between 2000 and 2003. And it centers around this confident 13 year old named Mei Li, who's Chinese Canadian and is torn between staying her mother's dutiful daughter and the chaos of adolescence. You know, and of course, in a Pixar movie, you have to have that quirk. So coming that quirk, of age. <laughs> yeah, another coming of age story. But there's this quirk that, you know, has to be injected into these Pixar films. And this and that is. The fact that she turns into a giant red panda due to her ancestors connection with red pandas and mainly the cause of this transformation is because she gets either too excited or too stressed or too anxious and i think this is a it's what I happens think, to will smith whenever he gets an orgasm <laughs> yeah, he, uh, yeah i wonder what he changes it to. i don't know if it'd be red panda it's something <laughs> But it's going to be a recurring thing. I'm sorry. Yeah, I see. I see. I've noticed. <laughs> but yeah, I think this is a good I think the movie looks good. And I like the fact that for those who haven't seen the trailer, we her friends and her family already are aware of this uh, this transformation that she goes through. So I think that's another it's not so cliche because usually in movies like that, the girl or the, the person is always hiding this hiding yeah hiding that side of them and they never know until like the middle or the end of the movie but i like the fact that it's kind of a journey that she gets to take with all of her friends and we get and they all get to experience the same shit she's going through and i think that's um one of the strong parts of this movie so far just based off what what the trailer's given us but yeah i think it's a fun movie i like the song the song choice they brought back to nsync again or i think was it backstreet boys the first trailer or was it nsync Regardless of some, first it was trailer, some, it was some boy band song, but they brought NSYNC, uh, it's going to be me in this trailer. And I thought it was a nice touch. I'm more about Backstreet you? Boys. Yeah. Back- <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought it looked good. Yeah, I definitely do appreciate Like, I don't mean to sound unappreciative or ignorant or anything, but I like that Disney's and, and Pixar are going, basically doing all the demographics. And not to not in a pandering. I don't at least I don't interpret it as pandering. I yeah, view it as pandering. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be here all week, guys. <laughs> Fuck, that was good. <laughs> damn it, that was good. Why did I not see that? <laughs> God damn it. Uh, I thought you were going that route too. I was like, oh, he didn't damn, see it. <laughs> I should have fucking seen it. Fuck. God. I'm annoyed. Oh man. I should have seen it. All right. I don't see it that way. Um, some people might, and maybe, you know, th- that's fair, especially if that's your, you know, culture or background or whatever. Uh, I wouldn't be able to speak on that, but it does seem like they're trying to, you know, make representation of focal point. Uh, we've seen like Ryan, the last dragon, Luca, uh, Coco, um, Moana, like, and th- they're all good movies too. Like, yeah. even though we didn't love Co- or uh, Luca as much as like some of the other recent ones, uh, Raya, I didn't think was as strong as like Moana or Coco, but they were still all very good movies. And if you can do that, um, well, you know, being animated and, and meant for a younger demographic and Fox, like you mentioned, you know, reusing some of the same tropes like that yeah. kind of just is the territory with 
kids movies. Uh, but if you can do that in kind of a fresh way and, and whatnot, and for us that, you know, are kids at heart, but definitely are not kids and it's not made for and keep us interested, like that's pretty good. And that's what obviously Pixar is good at and has been good at for quite some time. Um, so I would expect this to be another banger and, and I'm using banger a little loosely here, but like uh, another solid movie for Pixar, because that's all they do. And it seems like they're very intentional with their releases. They're not just like money grabs, like even Toy Story yeah. 3 and Toy Story 4, like could be classified as money grabs, but they're also very good movies, too. It's not just, they weren't just like making that's true, sequels yeah. for the sake of making sequels like they could go back to fucking any movie they have. Uh, any property they have and make sequels and they haven't they only did it uh, obviously toy story is a logical place to start but they only did it if they could advance the story in some way and they did um and, and that's why and, and now they're obviously doing new stuff as we've seen the, the stretch that they've been on so um yeah i, I think it, it'll be good I, I don't have many other thoughts it's, it's just something like is this going to be theaters or disney plus i think this is theaters okay yeah, yeah, I think, the, yeah, I think it, Disney Plus came up at the end of the trailer. Gotcha. Yeah, this is just something where it's like I'm not gonna like mark it on my calendar, but right, right. as soon as it's on streaming, I'm down. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll watch it. You know what? I I just rewatched I, actually while I was in California, What's and, that? and uh, I I watched it under the influence of uh, some uh, Santa Monica <laughs> Boardwalk gummy bears or Venice okay. Beach Boardwalks. Excuse me, Venice. Speech Boardwalk Gummy Bears. Uh, Incredibles 2. It was the first time I had rewatched oh. it since seeing it in theaters. It was yeah. still solid. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, I know a lot of people didn't really feel, I mean, obviously nothing really beats the first one, but I think it's it, for a sequel, it's really strong. Well, that's, yeah, that's kind of like why I bring it up. It's like that's a sequel of something that I don't know how many time, how much time is in between, but that's a sequel where it's like, yeah, like that, that was solid. That was worth making. Is basically what yeah. I'm getting. So I, okay. I mean, I, I think I've said it before on the sh- on the show. I think Finding Dory is better than Finding Nemo. Yeah. It, it's like the sequels are generally pretty so- strong. Granted, Turner, Turning Red isn't a sequel, but I just wanted to bring it up that Pixar generally knows what they're doing and they're pretty intentional with what they do. That's true. But speaking of being intentional, uh, two bit obviously, I have to talk talk Marvel. Uh, they have cast Delroy Lindo in the upcoming blade movie, which is not, so I'm not going to say I called this or like had it on my radar or anything, (laughs) but this is a casting that just makes all the sense in the world. We don't even know what he's going to be playing. Right. (laughs) But seeing him cast in the blade movie is like, yep, that fucking makes sense. It's like, I get it. (laughs) Yep. Like don't even need to know what he's playing. It just makes sense. And Marvel has fucking nailed their castings. Like, there's been a couple of notable misses but when you fucking put out 27 movies and counting or whatever the fuck we're at now (laughs) yes there's gonna be a couple misses in you know these large-scale casts and whatnot sometimes there are big misses like you know with edward norton and uh poor um what's homeboy's name uh what can Uh, it movie uh war machine the original Uh, terrence howard Terrence, How- I was going to say Terrence Marshall. I was like, that's not right. Uh, <laughs> Ter- yeah, Terrence Howard and whatnot. But, you know, generally they fucking nail their castings. And yeah. Delroy Lindo, and obviously a supporting role to Mahershala Lee's Blade. But it just feels like such a fucking good casting. 
like I'm, I'm really, really pumped for Blade. And I, it's probably going to be 2024, which is a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. But uh, man, I'm really, really pumped for this. Yeah. Movie. I think they go into production next July. Yeah. I'm not so, mistaken. I, and I wonder if he'll be a villain. You think he'll be a villain? I, I think that's probably the logical choice. Probably. But I would like to see him as kind of like a, like a, alfred to batman like a mentor oh, yeah like yeah that type of shit yeah That'd i would like cool. to I, see it like that yeah uh, so would i because i think he's a great actor oh he's a phenomenal actor oh man i mean obviously if we're that fucking pumped yeah exactly and we don't even know what the fuck he's playing <laughs> right yeah so i saw that i was like fuck yes give me this movie now because uh, i'll talk about it for my trend when we get there but uh you know the the and we've talked about it last week when you talked a bunch of Marvel after Disney Plus Day, but the the Earth based shit is like yeah, it's losing my interest, and I hate that because I'm normally such a Marvel fan. I'm excited for anything like a, but I'm just so excited for the cosmic shit that like it's hard to get back into the, the Earth based shit. But mm-hmm. like Blade is just wacky enough, to, even though it is Earth based, where it's like yeah. all right, let's fucking do this. Like I'm fucking all in. So. I want to see that movie ASAP. Um, and then the other bit of news, Keanu Reeves. Obviously, I love that man. Extremely yeah. humble guy, too, by the way. Like, just genuine, humble guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, what, 55 now? And he's always been regarded as such for the most part. Um, at least, mm-hmm. you know, for, for the better part of his career. Genuinely humble guy, but he said he would be honored to play a part in the MCU. And this is something that has been gone going on for 15 years at this point. Apparently it's very com- and not that it's all that surprising, but it's, you know, we've gotten um, confirmation recently, Kevin Feige and Keanu Reeves will basically check in like once a quarter to see if, you know, there's a fit as far as casting goes. <laughs> and I would imagine Keanu Reeves isn't the only one. Uh, yeah. Like I, I, not not even to, to bring him up to troll you, but like I know Kevin Feige and The Rock have had conversations too. Yeah. And maybe that has died down because The Rock will be Black Adam DC. I, I don't know. Um, but I would imagine Kevin Feige has these conversations very frequently just to touch base, even though they aren't an established hero yet. But right. it seems like a matter of when, not if for Keanu and the MCU. And my number one choice is Ghost Rider. I think Ghost Rider would be awesome for Keanu. He fits that grisly mold. And yeah. also that kind of ties into your Moon Knights, your Blades, your Black yeah. Knight, uh, that kind of earth-based yet supernatural-ish uh, vibe. And I, I think that would be, I mean, fuck. Oscar Isaac, Mahershala Ali, and Keanu Reeves Keanu together. Reeves, yeah. you fucking kidding me? And plus, like, Ethan, we don't know who Ethan Hawke is yet. Like that. It could be a fucking wild fourth to that. I mean, Kit Harrington obviously is Black Knight. We know there's yeah. going to be a tie in there. That would be fucking awesome. Yeah, that's a team so, up. Yeah, that would be so badass. <laughs> so th- I just want obviously Keanu Reeves. I'm going to talk about him anytime he's in, in the news, but I would be fucking pumped for that. So that's my news. Yeah, that's a yeah. I didn't even think about the fact that they could even team up and how badass that team up oh, would yeah. be. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I could definitely. And the bar is not even set that high with Ghost Rider. <laughs> so, no, in no, terms of not. who's been who's been the previous Ghost Riders, no disrespect to the Nicholas Cage goat. or the the other guy, but whoever that guy was, <laughs> what's his name? I don't even know. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it. he was in the TV show, right? <laughs> yeah, the TV show. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Uh, my piece of news, I think you'll you'll like this one a lot, Nick, is uh, because it talks about 
the greatest place you've been. And that is the Avengers campus in Disneyland because Hawkeye and Kate Bishop have now been added to that, to that uh, portion of the park. And I think if there's one thing you should, uh, one thing you should uh, check out at the Avengers campus is Kate Bishop and Hawkeye. (laughs) Oh shit. But I could not keep a straight face with that one. (laughs) Actually, and it actually ties in perfectly to my bit of news. Or not, or my, not my news, my trend. Uh, obviously, Hawkeye, first two episodes released today. So we can kind of just combine the, the two conversations. Yeah, go ahead. Um, <laughs> motherfucker. It, I don't know. It, it, an extension of what I just talked about, like, it, it's just so hard to get back into the, the Earth-based shit. And now, like, with Hawkeye, they're trying to set up, like, the Mafia. And they're actually doing it in a pretty cool way. Mm-hmm. Did but, you watch them, by the yeah, way? Yeah, I watched both. Okay. Did you? <clears throat> I just saw the first one. Okay, yeah. I'm not... I wasn't even really going to touch spoilers, because, again, this... We're sure. releasing the episode on Hawkeye release day, so I know plenty of people haven't watched right. it yet. But they're actually doing it in a cool way. Yeah. Um, it's just... it's. Like I, I thought it, it was well done, but it's just my interest level is just not there, especially with Spider-Man right around the corner. But what I wanted to talk about, and this is not a spoiler, like it, it, mm-hmm. it's it's a hundred percent what I it, it's a it's a prediction. So not a spoiler, but what I think they're gonna do because again, Marvel's very intentional with what they do. Yeah, there's a reason Hawkeye's coming out now and will be releasing episodes through the release of no way home it's very intentional with what they're doing so uh, hawkeye uh, there obviously it's new york city even though he doesn't live in new york city and you know you see the tracksuit mafia which is such a phenomenal name uh, for like a, a yeah, comic book yeah. based gang <laughs> uh and, and whatnot and, and you kind of get the underworld gangs and whatnot and obviously, uh, in general, there's been a lot of conjecture about, oh, is Marvel going to bring back Daredevil? Uh, we already know Vincent D'Onofrio is uh, reprising his role as Kingpin. We don't know in what capacity, but he's come out and said, well, I don't think he's officially said it, yeah. but he's liked a ton of tweets. <laughs> like he, He's been dropping a lot of hints. For yeah, sure. like not so subtle. So and like quoting quoting movie right. trailers and shit like right. that like come on. right <laughs> so he's basically coming back but what I think what I project what I predict so Hawkeye is uh, probably made a lot of enemies at his as his time as Ronan because this is also worth mentioning there's a five year time gap between Infinity War and Endgame so for a while the MCU was taking place the same year that we were watching. So like mm-hmm. Infinity War came out in like 2018 and we were watching in 2018. So it was like the timelines were the same. But now uh, the MCU is uh, what? Probably three years ahead of us, two years ahead of us. So Hawkeye yeah. takes place in the year 2025 is basically what I'm trying to say. And that's just something important to remember. So they're a little bit ahead. Not that it matters too much because it's all fictional anyways. But um he he made a he had five years as the character Ronan, where he's basically just killing all the gangs like we saw on Endgame. And he probably made a lot of enemies. And obviously, if you make enemies in the underworld, you're gonna have to probably answer to Kingpin. And I th- mm-hmm. what I 
predict is they're going to introduce Vin, or I guess reintroduce Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin in this movie or, or in this series. And they're going to introduce Matt Murdock, Daredevil in No Way Home. Because this takes place in New York City in like Hell's Kitchen in that yeah. same area and whatnot. It's obviously big mafia ties and whatnot. So I think that's what they're going to do. And obviously episode five of Hawkeye would be around the time of No Way Home. So uh, some big reveal at the end of episode five would time up with potentially, again, I, I right. don't know, but potentially <laughs> yeah. seeing Daredevil in No Way Home because uh, when the first trailer released, it's like, oh, are those Matt, Matt Murdock's hands and, and shit like that? So yeah, right. <laughs> I, I think that, that, but anyways, that's just a long-winded way of saying it would be really cool in the way they did it. It's just like, I don't know how much my interest level is there. Yeah, I didn't, I was uh, watching the first episode and I was like, this is not bad yet. It was charming. Not, yeah, it was charming for sure. Yeah. And I think what helped that was obviously the Christmas music that would play throughout and it just... Like hearing the Christmas music just got me excited just for Christmas, not even really the show. <laughs> yeah, me too, actually. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is nice to hear. But yeah, I even like listened damn near to the whole song, the Frank Sinatra song at the end. Not Frank Sinatra. Um, what's the name of the song? Whatever. The Christmas song at the end of the, the first episode that played. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a decent episode. You said it was, I mean, I've heard this on the on Twitter and Reddit on on news outlets and stuff. But this show takes place on tw- in 2025. Is that what, yes, you, is that what it so- is? So because I was just confused because in the beginning of the well not the beginning but in this episode it just says present day and I'm like what year is that exactly yeah the, they, they just mean present day in the MCU in that universe because in that universe. because the first episode minor spoiler not not too instrumental to the, the plot of the story minor spoiler for Hawkeye very very minor uh uh the it opens in 2012 avengers right. uh and that is basically kate bishop's origin story or whatever um so basically they say present day just to you know keep you straight with all the flashbacks they probably right. do you see that, that that would make sense but at the same time i'm like if you're going to say 2012 you might as well just say the exact year for present day then yeah <laughs> I, I i agree because um you can probably piece it together but like so yeah. infinity war came out in 2018 and then in Endgame, it literally says five years later, which would be obviously oh, that's right. 2023. Okay. Yeah. And Hawkeye takes place two years after the events of Endgames, which would be 2025. Okay. Now, okay. See, now if you piece it like that, that makes a lot of sense. Yep. Gotcha. So, I, I, yeah, I think Hawkeye's fine. It's charming. I'm obviously going to watch it. I, I you know, it, it was it was fine. It was, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, Marvel really nails the first episode of these shows. I've noticed because yeah. I, I thought Falcon and Winter Soldier was the weakest show, but the first episode was really fucking good. And first episode of WandaVision, obviously very, very wacky, but like just piqued your interest enough. You're like, what is going on? And yeah. then Loki. Yeah. The first episode just setting up the, the, the scale and obviously it just raised the scale from there. They're on. But I thought the first first episode of what if sucked, but Oh yeah, that's true. Generally, <laughs> the first episode of the live action stuff has been pretty good. I think uh, each show had gotten progressively better though. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's one thing to look for with Hawkeye, I think. I think well, hopefully I, it'll get better. <laughs> I would think I would my only argument would be Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like Falcon and Winter Soldier was just uh, it, it was it, sort of stagnant. Yeah. Yeah, it felt like it didn't push anything forward. 
Yeah, because uh, it, like at the end of Endgame, we see Steve Rogers giving Sam Wilson the shield. So the last thing we really, you know, see is Sam Wilson becoming Captain America. And I get the series kind of like uh, adds more character development. Like you see Sam Wilson's conflict with taking up the shield and, right. and whatnot and the, the government's involvement and, and whatnot. And uh, more characterization for Bucky Barnes, which I really, really liked the kind of like mental health aspect and making amends yeah. uh, process that he's going through. So like it added character development for sure. But like in terms of pushing the story forward, didn't didn't get there at all for me. But I did but, like what's his name? Uh, don't even know the guy who had the sort of the the, <clears throat> the anti-Captain America. What was that guy's name? John Walker. Yeah, and, John Walker. Yeah, uh, it's like played by uh, Wyatt Russell, who's Wyatt Kurt Russell's Russell. son. Yeah. Yeah. That's, shit, I forgot about that. And Kurt Russell's yeah, like, in the MCU, too. Oh, damn. So everybody's just in this motherfucking MCU. Yeah, they <laughs> nail their castings. Yeah. But what's your what's your trend? Yeah, I got... um. What have, oh, the Daily Bugle now has a TikTok. So that's pretty interesting in terms of marketing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a sort of a it's clever smart. way of, of, yeah, exactly. Smart. Real of, smart. A very intelligent way of getting, you know, audience active, especially considering the demographic and everybody is on TikTok. And I'm curious to see how, what they'll give. I haven't really peeked too much on what, what they've put up on their TikTok yet, but I'm, I'm interested in see what they're going to market and put out on their uh, account. But yeah, it's just nice. To, it's 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 crazy just to see the evolution of marketing nowadays. It'd be like really. Now, sorry, go ahead. No, like just like how now involved social media is to the point where now we're seeing fake sort of uh, accounts for a movie and in use of its promotion. Right. But go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was just to say it'd be really cool if uh, um, J.K. Timmons was just doing like clips as J. Jonah Jameson too you know on tiktok just yeah see it. that's what i'm just like like if they're gonna do that <laughs> once a day for his fucking six to ten seconds he's just like berating spider-man like, <laughs> that's all you fucking need yeah that's yeah that's true but look at us well not that it's necessarily a good thing because maybe some of our listeners are tired of marvel talk but you and i both had two marvel stuff uh two marvel items yeah for our dnt but Obviously, now let's get to the main event. It's main event time. I wish I had a cowbell right now. I'd ring it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that would be a psychosomatic reaction to Will Smith, too. (laughs) Who knows? Um, King Richard. Obviously, our review today, uh, the latest movie from Will Smith. We've talked about it a a few times on the show and how excited we were for it. It's a look on how tennis superstars Venus and Serena Williams became who they are after the coaching from their father, Richard Williams. Um, it was a day and date release on HBO Max. Uh, stars Will Smith and John Bernthal are really the two kind of like oh, Tony Goldwyn too. I uh, recognized him. And then names. Uh, Ellis. Okay. Thank you. That's one. <laughs> Uh, the, the daughters you're trying to name? Sanias. Sanaya, Sydney, yeah. and Demi Singleton. That one I can do. <laughs> um, and so and we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, stars them. I actually haven't looked at the box office just because it was day and date. So I kind of expected uh, it not to. Yeah, just underwhelming. All that well. Let's see. 
oh wait i was like oh shit i saw today's numbers like for month or no i saw monday's numbers it's like oh god damn it bombed uh (laughs) 5.4 million over the weekend so not great but also to be expected yeah because of the day and date fox i i'm a man of my word i'm gonna let you go first this this is your movie give give me your non-spoiler thoughts there's not a ton no we don't have to do non-spoiler because this it's effectively a you know a true story it's it's a yeah, biography it's, although i still didn't know how the, the movie was going to end but me neither so we won't <laughs> we won't get to the ending initially yeah. but just give your thoughts and feel free to use references from the movie okay gotcha gotcha all right well i think this is the moment in time where we should acknowledge finally will smith really does deserve the fucking oscar you know no disrespect to andrew andrew garfield and tick tick boom benedict cumberbatch and the power of dog and joaquin phoenix and come on come on and denzel washington and Macbeth. i don't need to see those fucking performances i already I know. also didn't realize that benedict cumberbatch power of the dog was going to be that good of a movie i thought it was going to be a, kind of a joke movie but apparently it's not gonna be, <laughs> so now i need to watch it yeah i saw i was like benedict cumberbatch yeah i was like what <laughs> There's no way. I, and I think there's a trailer too that like a fuller trailer that we didn't see, or at least we didn't talk about yet. So I have to, yeah. I have to watch that trailer just to see, just to get a vibe and see like, mm, okay, maybe I see what y'all talking about, but right, right now I don't see what the fuck y'all talking about because right. I think Will Smith is, is going to come for this fucking Oscar. I think he deserves all the hardware for it. I think the cast was amazing. Everybody across the board was actually really good. There were no slackers on there because sometimes in, and in, in, in movies like this, you might catch a couple of slackers, but even the daughters, the young girls who portrayed uh, Serena and Venus did a really good job, even though you don't see them, you know, we don't delve too deep into their personal lives. So they don't really get to act as strongly, except for maybe uh, Sanaya Sidney, who plays uh, Venus. But they all did a really good job. I think this is easily one of the best films of the of this year. Might be a top 10, might be a top five for some people. One of the best sports films of the last decade it's definitely a crowd pleaser. It's it's beautiful. It's inspirational. The story's touching. It's empowering. There's a lot of messages delivered in this movie. And it's also, which I didn't really expect, it's pretty funny. And I think it's largely it's obviously largely due to uh, Will Smith as Richard Williams. And he's sort of portrayed as this humorous person, which I'm not really familiar with if he is. But seeing some of the, the real footage at the end of the movie, you kind of see a hint of that sense of humor. And I think the writing just did a really good job of catering to Will Smith's uh, comedic muscle that he got to flex. And that just made it more engaging and more entertaining of a person to watch on screen. And I've also noticed, I don't know about you, Nick, but there's a lot of movies that aren't considered comedy movies, but have comedy in them that tend to be funnier than the actual comedy movies. So that's, we've talked about comedy before where we we probably said, uh, you know, what's the funny or what's the last good comedy movie we've seen. And I think, I can't really think of the last really great comedy movie I've seen, but I do know that I feel like a lot of movies that aren't comedies have been funnier than the one, the comedy movies that have come out recently. Knives out is one that comes to mind where it's like typically a whodunit yeah. like that yeah. would be much more serious. And like uh, the investigators kind of lead the suspense and the thrill and whatnot. But that one was like, there was more humor to drive the yeah. story forward than the suspense. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good example right there. And I think I think maybe the benefit is just that movies like that tend to care more about the story and making a good story first, and then the humor comes later. Also, and making it easier easier to take in and digest and whatnot. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. As opposed to comedy movies that 
obviously their intention is to make something funny. So they're going to try to make you laugh as often as possible and as much as possible. So that's probably why some of them, some of those comedies fall flat. But besides that, the cast is super strong, like I said. And of course, Will has this towering performance and you see the Oscar worthiness in his acting, but his co-star Anjanu Ellis, who plays his wife, Orisane Brandy, definitely puts on a strong and nuanced performance that I could definitely see her getting nominated for a few awards too. And that kitchen scene uh, mm-hmm. between her and, and, and Richard and uh, Will Smith's character, Richard, that's easily one of the best parts of the movie. And you see, you see the nuance and you see the, the authenticity and Anjanu's performance. And you're like, yep, she, she's definitely, she's definitely in the running for a, for an Oscar or a golden globe or whatever, all types of awards. Cause I think she, yeah. she's real consistent too, as an actress. I know she, she's not big, but, you granted you have seen her in a lot of things and granted she has been uh, amazing in everything she's been in. It pushed uh, uh, in that scene in particular, it pushed Will Smith to another level too. Like yeah, he, was, it he was great to that point, but like her stepping up her game, or at least maybe that's not the right phrase, but like getting the spotlight, getting more air time or uh, screen time. Yeah. Like pushed him to a new level where it's like, Holy shit. Like this is a really powerful scene right here. Like how the fuck is this acting? Like how is yeah. this not real life? That's what I mean. It's like, she just thought you see the authenticity and you feel you're like, damn, I feel like it almost makes you feel like you've witnessed, or at least you've been in a situation like that. I'm sure if you've ever been married or if you're in a relationship or if you ever, you know, if you're old enough to experience the type of things they've experienced in this that they show in the movie, I'm pretty sure you could definitely say you relate to and you understand it. But yeah, it, regardless, you still feel like it doesn't like Nick said, it doesn't feel like acting. It's just so fucking real. And they do a good job of of bringing out that the depth into the characters and specifically Richard, like he's a complex individual. He's not as he's and he's multidimensional. He's not single. He's not one layered. There's a lot of um a lot of depth to richard williams also john bernthal mm-hmm. i've we've seen him in in the punisher we've seen him in some other movies where he's pretty serious and walking dead walking dead of course everybody knows him from that first but man this is <laughs> he was so fun to watch and hearing his chicago accent was amazing and fun to hear and see because it's against type and his dynamic with will was like one of the most fun parts of the movie just seeing them interact and bounce off of each other and seeing how because they're Will Will Richard is an eccentric character, but uh, John Bernthal as Rick Macy, uh, the tennis coach, he's also pretty seems to be pretty eccentric. And I just think those two, you know, being in the same scene together was one of the most in, in, engaging parts of the movie. Uh, overall, the strong the writing is strong, the dialogue, the acting, humor, pacing was good. Although I will say it, it's slow, but it doesn't feel boring and it doesn't drag. If that makes sense, because sometimes things can be slow and boring and dragging but you you do feel the pacing a little bit but it doesn't take away from the quality of the movie and i felt like each scene still had its purpose uh it felt like an indie film too at the same time yep and and that just might be because of the director because he's kind of a uh he's kind of an indie director ronaldo ronaldo green hasn't done too much too much film before this this is basically his first big you know mainstream movie so uh also i got the feeling of the blind side and pursuit of happiness it's like those two mix (laughs) it's like tonally it it feels like that's got the inspirational vibes but i think this movie is less depressing than pursuit of happiness was there's not too much of that harsh (laughs) why what happened (laughs) (laughs) the the happiness was you know they couldn't reach it in pursuit you know but (laughs) but yeah because it was spelled wrong (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly as fuck spelled wrong but uh <laughs> yeah it, it's basically similar vibes just 
more of the brightness of the blind side, so to speak. And I feel, you know, the blind side has some of its controversy and, 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 and inaccuracies, but despite that, I think that's still a good movie. And I feel like if the green book could win, despite its own controversies too, if it can win best picture, then I think King Richard is also in the running and might be the first, I mean, it might be the front runner for best picture. Can I, yeah, go ahead. I didn't mean to derail you. Um, I was going to give green book as a streaming recommendation one week. And then I remember there was some sort of controversy about it, but I couldn't remember what it was. What was the controversy with green book? Uh, It was the storytelling on, it was the act, the accuracy of uh, God, what was Mahershala Ali's character? Like the, his family had problems with the way the story was being told because it was basically told from the Italian guy's family's perspective. So gotcha. we never really got the, the full story. Yeah, we never really got the full story. It was all one sided, and we didn't. And it, and it, like the scene where he's like teaching him how to eat fried chicken or whatever. Apparently, yeah. that's never really happened. And like, <laughs> which which it shouldn't be surprising in the first place because a white person teaching somebody teaching a right. black person how to eat fried chicken does sound crazy. But I mean, overall, the movie was good, despite I love that, that movie. I know. That's is, what I'm saying, <laughs> which is just like wh- why I, I bring it up, because I that was I think we were talking about Herschel Ali one day. So I wanted to recommend Green Book. And I was like, ah, I don't know. But yeah, <laughs> I love yeah. that movie. But anyways, continue. it's a really it's a really good, really, movie. really good movie. Yeah. You know, you're good. But um, I was saying if Green Book could win uh, Best Picture, I think. King Richard has a really, really good chance of doing that. And I feel like it should just because it also doesn't have all the, the baggage that Green Book had. Um, but with that said, Will Smith bias aside. Um, oh, I'll give, is it? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> as, as much as I can, as much as I can. Like it was 101 out of 100. No, this I give this. See, and I'm kind of I'm still debating because I know this is for me. This is more than or at least a 90 out of 100. But um. I think also I'm considering, I also feel like this could change because one of the things I consider in movies like this or in movies in general is rewatchability. And I do think, 100%. This movie, I do think this movie has quite a bit of that rewatchable factor. So, but we'll find out in five, 10 years later, whatever, however I feel, but I do think that counts and I'm putting that onto the score and I'm considering that. And I consider that with all my, my ratings. So with that said, I'll give it, I'll give it a 95 out of 100 because honestly, I really can't find. Damn it. I can't find a single I can't find a single flaw (laughs) with this movie besides maybe the pacing. And and it's one thing I do have to point out. I do wish we could have delved deeper into the psyche of Richard Williams. But I understand that and, 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 you know, kind of sort of uh, uh, dissect his flaws a little bit. But that's obviously not the intention. So so that's basically my only issue with the movie. So I give it a 95. Fuck. I gave it a 95. (laughs) Oh. fuck <laughs> I thought I had you damn it and I'm not going to change it because that wouldn't be genuine fuck. yeah exactly I thought I had you I should have I should have said it from the start but it's a 7.6 on IMDb 91% in Rotten Tomatoes 98% audience score and that's you know we're almost a week uh, since it, it came out and yeah, it's holding strong. I think it debuted at a ninety-one percent, and yeah. or opened at a ninety-one percent. It's still there. Um, my, why well, I, I kind of bear or uh, you know mess myself up by giving my score off from the start, but 
uh, I have a problem with the title of the movie. I, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. That's good. <laughs> it would have been. It would have been much better if I started with that and then gave my score later. But oh well, it was still so, yeah, still got a laugh. Still sold. It's still sold. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, great movie poster. Just the, the it really simple, is yeah simple that he him pushing them in a cart uh, with tennis ball like such a good good movie poster don't need to do too much also i don't know if that's actually his handwriting but the king richard handwriting very clean clean crisp yeah. i i try i combined crisp and clean there very crisp <laughs> we said we send trends on this show guys <laughs> um cream is what will smith doesn't like to do because uh, he was a psychosomatic <laughs> <laughs> all right like, i don't want to cream no more <laughs> all right um yes i i echo everything you said wholeheartedly uh just to start with my one the only quite quite honestly the only reason this movie's not 100 for me is because and not that i necessarily had a problem with it it was just it was the 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 one aspect i wanted more of or wanted to see more of so again not necessarily a negative or a problem but i wanted to see more of the Serena Williams aspect because mm, this right. I was kind of surprised how much it was Venus focused and, and that's probably very accurate she was the uh you know the older daughter and you know got to do everything first just because of her age and and uh not necessarily talent but uh just how ready she was maybe physically or, or you know reps or anything like that mm-hmm. um so like it made sense that they ho- focused so heavily on, on Venus because the way it was kind of pitched and even in King Richard's plan it was like Venus is going to pave the way and she's going to be number one, but you're going to be the best. Yeah. And that, yeah. that's how it played out yeah. um, and, and whatnot. So, but I would have liked to see more of have seen more of Serena's, um, you know, reactions and her maybe um, adversity to being in Venus's shadow, because even yeah. though they were very close, like especially one after they separated and Venus was getting the spotlight, there is that natural jealousy there. And especially, especially with the Serena we know today, but especially, you know, the, the competitor that you have to be to make it at that level. But even at that time, like you're going to get jealous, even if it is your sister and if you're really close to your sister. So I would have liked to see more of that. Like they kind of mention it where it's like Serena is looking out onto the court, like before the, right the big match and Richard's like, you know, uh, has that speech and it's a very cool moment. And to that point, I was like, fuck, I want to see more of Serena too. And -hmm. and then they finally acknowledge it. I was like, all right, cool. Like that, that's at least something, but I would have liked more of, you know, throughout the movie or it's like, just check on it on Serena, see how she's handling it. Because obviously it's not like Venus Williams is the only, you know mega superstar like serena's a mega superstar too right but again that's not necessarily a problem it's just something i wanted to see more of so that was my only thing the only reason it's not 100 for me otherwise this movie was phenomenal like 100 percent agree pursuit of happiness vibes uh the blindside vibes uh will smith fucking kills it um how do you say her name Anjanu. 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 god i I'm so fucking white and I hate it. Uh, Anjanu Ellis, really, really, really good. Yeah. Like limited role, obviously, 
because it's kind of the the story about the Williams sisters relationship with their father and kind of how it was viewed from an outside perspective by some. Um, but she's really, really, really good. And that kitchen scene was the point where it's like, like I stopped what I was doing. Not that I was like distracted through the yeah. whole thing, but that is what I like felt myself being drawn in. Right. Yeah, because she's like not even really good. she's not like the the type of wife where they, they didn't make her a character where right. she was just like on the sidelines, not doing anything. She was very involved. Wasn't like, a housewife. Yeah, exactly. Wasn't that typical house. She's like, no, I'm going to be in there in the mud with you guys. And she was helping out. So I like that. They do a great job. Like, I, I was just complaining that we didn't really get enough Serena, which, you know, some people might not have a problem with because, right. you know. Not Especially if they know the story. Right. And I'm not saying Serena's like path to stardom was easy. It's not what I'm saying at all. But Venus was the trailblazer. Like, right. again, she had to go through all of it first. And they talk about that and they do a great job of outlining that. It's like, you know, she says a line in the movie where it's like, yeah, I want to show them I'm ready for this and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, this is pretty powerful shit yeah. <laughs> and, and, and whatnot. Um but yeah, they, they don't make her some like secondary character where she's just a housewife and she's just kind of there. Like, you yeah. know, she she's she deserves her praise too. And they that's kind of what the kitchen scene's about. It's like, really, you think you taught her everything? I, I you <laughs> yeah. fucked up her serve. I fixed that shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and that that was really Real cool. Shit. Where it's like by the end of the movie, he's like, All right, we did that. Like, my wife taught her that. Yeah. And it's just like, all right, that that I we we love character development here. Yeah, a major motion podcast and whatnot. Um, but I also loved how they did the development of Richard, where it's like mm-hmm. early on, yeah, you can tell he's tough. Like you get the the uh, nosy neighbor like making all these comments. <laughs> you get the the training montages throughout the whole film, but especially at the beginning, you get the protective dad with you know the 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 gangs and, the gang. and whatnot and kind of just show his background. And I thought the scene where it's like, he's about to go kill that guy. Yeah. Um, obviously like, you know, it, it turned out the way it did, but it's like, fuck man. And, and I, I should probably should have preface by this, but like, I, I assume because the Williams sisters were so involved in the making of this, that mm-hmm. basically everything is historically accurate. Right. Uh, like, I, I haven't done any research, but you, you mentioned the blind the blind side and the inconsistencies there, which there they, they have there are and they definitely comes off like white savior complex and all right. that. we don't have to talk about that, but I would just say or believe because the Williams sisters are so involved, this is historically accurate. So I that's kind of just what I was taking it as. Yeah. I was just it, I interpreted the whole movie as face value as like what really happened. And I thought, you know, the 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 um, scenes and experiences they chose to show really did a great job of developing Richard first, because the first yeah. 30 to 45 mo- minutes of the movie are, are really Richard heavy. Right. And, and uh, you know, <laughs> just to kind of poke fun at the joke, it's like, all right, is this movie about King Richard or like the, <laughs> yeah. the, the Williams sisters? And right. so it's like, you're kind of proving everyone's point there, but not that it turned out that way, but it is very Richard heavy. And I think you kind of needed to have that um, foundation for when, you know, the, the, the sisters got a little bit older and they were going through their Absolutely. own opinions too. So I think the way they chose to go about the, the movie and the amount they 
decided to show because I also thought it was going to be a little bit longer in terms of how much, how many years it spanned of the Williams sisters life, because Serena's probably what, uh, 12, no, so. she's 13 because they're a year difference. Oh, yeah, she's, yeah. she's 13 by the time the movie ends. Like I thought it was going to go at least until they were like 20 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But that just, uh, you know, makes my point in that they were very intentional and very specific with what they wanted to show. And they, they didn't just gloss over stuff. Like they, there was a lot of good shit in there that yeah. you're like, wow, we, we've kind of been here for a while, but at the same time, I don't mind it because I want to yeah. know more about what's going on right here. And also just being the sports guy I am, I love sports movies with mm-hmm. that, you know, pay attention to the sports too, where it's like you get the scenes of just the game being played or the match or the training yeah. montage. And there was plenty of that in here. Like you would think this would be all not all, but like Some very drama. Story. Yeah, 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 exactly. But they, 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 they use the sports in a way to advance the storyline too, like to, to show the development in their games and that that's it was so well done Uh, i was very very happy with this um i you mentioned john bernthal i literally sat there after i was like god john bernthal is a really fucking good actor yeah for sure like he's a really (laughs) really good actor um i thought tony goldwyn was good too like uh, for for the this kind of smaller role he had i thought all of it was good i thought the sisters were good again will smith was absolutely oscar worthy um yeah, uh, just really no no problems with this. I it's, I yeah, mean, it's as, as of right films. now, my best movie of the year for sure. Yeah, one of those rare films where you're just like, to really, you can't really complain a lot about this. It's, which is of course a good thing. But yeah, I think that's yeah, really strong. It's a real strong film. Oh, you were saying, um, Richard about the uh, when he was about to go kill somebody. You know, years ago, there's like this website you that, killed like, somebody. <laughs> yeah i just I said you know what it's my time pa, pa. <laughs> right in the kisser yeah pa, right in the kisser yeah <laughs> no <laughs> guys i'm a i'm a i'm a i'm a felon you finger pop someone's ass yeah we know we're not <laughs> finger popping each other's assholes <laughs> uh a couple of years ago they on this website it allows you to like read scripts uh, sort of like the blacklisted scripts, you know, that, that haven't been out yet, or people are just looking at and seeing like, oh, what are the good ones? And King Richard was one of the ones that were talked about on this website. And it was like number two. I don't know what number one was, but uh, I read sort of how it, how it the story Clifford was Clifford the Big told. Red Dog movie. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> what it was. It was Clifford, then King Richard. <laughs> uh, but it was telling that part of the uh, King uh, of Richard going after that guy with with a gun but originally it was a shotgun and then it was also a longer scene where he's like chasing we're not even chasing just like kind of going after the whole gang in like alleyways and i was like damn i wish that kind of did some of that and that was really my own like i brought it i already said this earlier i was like my own issue was i wish we could have gotten more of the the flaws or at least delved into the psyche or even got even uh more in depth into the edginess of richard Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so originally it was just a, he was going after them with a shotgun and then he was about and he aimed and he actually got up close enough to aim at somebody, but which we don't really see in this in, in this movie. But so still did, still a good scene. Did in real life, did that guy or did that gang get shot by a drive by or was it Richard? Um, I, 
I don't. I think both instances. Yeah, and even in this scene, it was a drive. Or did they was, kind of combine two, two happenings? Like, did he go after them once, and then the second time he was about to go after him, and then it happened to be a drive? I, I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, not so, that I have a problem with it. Right. So there was. He went after in this movie. Did he go after them twice or once? Just he once. went after them just once. Yeah. So okay, in this one, in the original, I mean, the script, he went after them. Yeah, he went after them once, but it was just a longer sequence but the guy he was actually in front of wasn't the guy that ended up dying but you do hear a drive-by in that same version and that was the guy who got killed and the guy who got killed in that drive-by he just hears it from a distance and he hears a woman scream and then he goes over and sees that that was the guy who who was causing all the bullshit with him or stirring the drama between him and richard and that was the guy who died uh from the drive-by but yeah he was originally he was just pointing it at one of the gang members but not the guy who was who ended up dying but i thought it was real interesting that i was like damn i wish something like that was more into it and then also when we we're talking about ingenue being you know more than just a housewife <laughs> i heard that originally when the sister so the sister who worked on this was basically on the basically the boots on the ground for the movie was isha price which was one of the little sisters in the movie too she was there the whole time on set and there was a point in the script originally where uh where richard gets beat up and then they had Richard be transported into a hospital and they were going to make the mom go to the hospital, be like, oh, my God, what happened to Richard? You know, being that typical, you know, right. Worried, worried uh, spouse. But they were like, <laughs> but Isha Price was like, she would not do that. <laughs> <laughs> so she'd be at home waiting for him or whatever. <laughs> so it was it was it was nice to know that there was some points in there where you could actually see or points in there that they corrected. And then you find out, OK, Richard just came home and, you know, dusted the dirt off his shoulder and, and and sucked it up and then he still had his wife at home just making sure he was still okay just not into the just not to the degree that it would be so dramatic that she'd be in the hospital asking what happened right yeah because <clears throat> uh man i can't remember oh no when he got oh yeah he went to the tennis courts late at night by himself and then right yeah that's what that's what the scene and was. that was like the same it was the same scene it just right and then he he comes home and she's just like kind of just sighs and then like puts like ice on his face or something like that. Like that's yeah. that's the reaction you kind of expected. And that's why it worked so well. And that's why uh, Anjanue Ellis's character was so, um, you know, strong throughout the whole movie where it's like she yeah. she she reacted how you would expect her to react. Yeah, it's like she she was true to herself and true to that character, and so that's credit to the writing, and I guess to uh, you said Isha Price, um, uh, the the sister, one of the sisters. Uh, yeah, 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 um, yeah. So you know, credit there. Um, with going back to you know the development of Richard, like obviously the this movie, the whole point of it is just this kind of. Um, explain the perception of richard williams as a father with obviously the williams sisters growing up right and i thought that it was so powerful because in the beginning and and i coach for those that don't know like i I coach so i I view it from that lens too of like coaching and obviously the the times you need to be hard on kids yeah that you know they can develop and they learn to toughen it out and and work through adversity and whatnot so that's you know primarily what i was looking at because i'm not like a father yet or anything like that um but early on it's like yeah he he just wants these kids to be great 
Like he's just going full coach. He's done everything for them. He goes to fucking bat for them every day, trying to lobby a, a coach to teach them yeah. for free and, and all this stuff. And like, he, he's just constantly working for the betterment of these kids, but he's, he's tough on them. And mm-hmm. I, I thought the, the scene where uh, CPS comes to their home, I thought that was pretty yeah. powerful too, where he's like, it was. if you're going to arrest me for being tough on them, then arrest me because we are tough on them. And I thought yeah. that was, that was really, really good. And so like through the first half or so of the movie, that's kind of what you get. Uh, it's like, all right, he, he's just really, really tough on them, but you know, he's still loving, he's still fair and, and whatnot. But then you kind of get that development where it's like, as shit starts to finally happen for that family, all of a sudden they fucking get a free mobile home. They get a free house in Florida <laughs> yeah. and, and it's a nice ass ha- house too. And like all yeah. this shit's happening for him. Well, then it kind of does become the Richard Williams show where he's <laughs> kind of just like basking in it. Cause guess what? He's worked his fucking ass off for it. Yeah. So it's like, it's understandable that that would happen despite him having the best of intentions, even like though it can be perceived as something like Rick Macy has a, a problem that they go to Disneyland one of the days and completely mm-hmm. fuck with the practice schedule. And that can be perceived by some as like, all right, well now you're just fucking with your kid's future. Yeah. Whereas the whole point of that is he's trying to prevent burnout like that. That's yeah. uh, with Capriati or whatever the yeah, Capriati, Jennifer yeah, Capriati. Right. Like he's that that's the, the poster child to that point, at least of what, path venus should follow and now they're seeing you know burnout and just being tired of the grind of trying to become a superstar and maintain that level uh, of talent and whatnot the drug abuse too right right um that that you know and it, that um stemmed from just the the grind and whatnot yeah so it's like yeah it can be perceived as him just being selfish and he probably was at some points, like all the oh, interviews, yeah. but like, <laughs> yeah, even when sure. they're, even when they're doing the interviews, he's like in the interviews, like, don't ask her that she, yeah. she answered confidently. Like, yeah. so he's still looking out for her, his, his daughters the whole time. So it's like, it's this delicate balance that I, I feel like they towed the line really well of like, yeah, he, he is selfish, but yeah. he's always had the best of intentions for his, his children. And it, it like it, it that's the way I interpreted it too, where they play it really well. And, you know, there is that scene in the middle of that kind of you know, the climax of it is the kitchen scene that you referred to. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of levels out again where it's like, all right, you know, he's kind of back into being that the, the figure in that role that kind of got them there in the first place where he's just doing whatever he needs to, to help his children like and whatnot. So I thought the development and the way they told it was really, really well done really well yeah yeah you see him even throughout the whole time he's like have fun have fun make sure you guys have right. fun and yeah. i was like that's nice to see because yeah you, <laughs> you you started and you might as well finish and shit like that and, yeah he's, he's and he's happy to see them happy which i i appreciated seeing and i'm not trying to sound like woke or anything like right. that but it, it it is cool to see like a black father figure portrayed in a positive light Ex- like, yeah like exactly. e- even even as, as a white man, like I, I don't have close relationships with either of my parents. And like I was fucking getting like in my feelings. It's like, fuck, like he, he's just a good dad that wants the best for his kids. Like that's yeah, that that shit's awesome. And I'm glad like not that this is the only movie to do it. But right. Uh, you know, it is cool to, to see that because normally, at least, you know, earlier on 
early 2000s or prior to that or whatever it's like oh black kid no dad like yeah it's like it's like like a single parent household right yeah that's not always the case or it's like uh druggy druggy dad that's like in and out of prison and in and out of the picture it's not always the case yeah it's like some kid playing football and he's like d1 or whatever (laughs) right and then his dad's in jail like what the fuck (laughs) right right i wish my dad could be here to watch me (laughs) (laughs) no it's you always got to refer him to as your pops yeah, pops. <laughs> exactly. You telling me how to be black? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, you think you're a man now? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah one the, of those scenes. Always, yeah. So that's and that's one thing I I, I do want to emphasize. It's like I think it's an important movie to Jesse, not for the mess to see, not just for the messaging, but because it's a it's an important movie in a story that black people and black families don't see too often. Of course, everyone can relate, but just especially for the black community, yeah. it's just nice to see a main character be a black father, support his children with, you know, with so much love and dedication and care and compassion and, and, and pure passion. And also to see a like, like a, what we were just mentioning earlier, to just to see a two, a two black parent household where both spouses are also about supporting yes. and loving their children and i think it's very important to see that reflected in mainstream media because we always see you know just two white parents in a household or you know in, especially in, in sports movies too like oh you see in blindside that's another example you see the parents both parents just <laughs> being supportive mm-hmm. but um I, I liked how they showcased richard wanting to do what's best for his daughters and like i i said earlier that he would say oh have fun because sometimes i think that gets lost among parents even in real life it's like who are so intense about wanting their kids to be great that they forget that they're still kids and richard was like hey right. i just want them to be kids you know he's like they're oh you're a- gonna yeah he literally pulls them out of or pulls venus out of junior he's like no exactly. she needs to be a kid it's like yeah all right cool i'm with like, you can't and then they're like you can't do that he's like no i i can do that and i'm going to <laughs> you can't stop me but it's like they're not they're not workhorses you know you can still cultivate greatness without being abrasive or demanding and controlling and then he's also teaching them, you know, humility, like, although yeah. in extreme ways, he tried to teach them humility, but he still teaches- watching Cinderella. <laughs> yeah, Cinderella and then leaving them at the store. <laughs> right. She was like, what you doing with my kids? <laughs> and then, you know, and, and still encouraging sportsmanship because you, you always see when uh, when Venus beats everybody, that all the kids throw temper tantrums and then the parents at the tennis court are like, hey, say that was out. It was out, you know, just trying right. to cheat and, you know, basically, you know, uh villainize themselves by being uh, so hard hard on their kids and being aggressive when they're teaching which and does happen it of. i it mean do- yeah <laughs> this course. was back in the early late 80s early 90s but like even today like i, I coach yeah. 13 and 14 u baseball some of the parents you see are just like how the fuck is this ever how is this real life and not like a sketch comedy <laughs> like yeah, i can't even imagine fuck? it's it's brutal so i believe it and they do a good job of showing that for sure they yeah they do a great job and there's one part i want to bring up i'll bring it a little later but i was going to say uh now it's not to say that richard is a perfect character because in real life you know and they touch upon this is in the kitchen scene you know he has another family or he has a, a other kid they say i think one kid i think they mentioned one kid in this movie but it turns out Richard has like five kids, <laughs> you know, that he abandoned. So he's not a human being that's perfect. He's definitely somebody who's flawed, but you sort of see him trying to get, I think and with this family, he tries to redeem himself, but I think he's just so beyond his ways that he doesn't know how to uh, sort of make up for what he's done in the past. So he, trying to, he tries to put all that into his current family that he's with. And yeah. I, I think that's like, it, all those complexity and his flaws are what making him an interesting character study and a character for Will 
And, you know, there's depth and layers to him that support why he, the way he is good and bad. Uh, the kindred, the kindred spirit he is, the stubbornness, the abrasiveness, the dedication, and like all the care he gives to his daughters. You see all of that, but um, yeah. By the yeah, end of it, you, you you feel like you know Richard Williams, right? like who yeah. he is. At least you know. Again, at the end, like uh, we don't know him, you know, any of his past experience too much, or like how he used to be. But towards the end, or like I guess uh, I don't mean to be insensitive, but like what mattered. Uh, of which Richard Williams is like, yeah, he, he did have that redemption story in his own personal life. Yeah. It, it's probably, unf- I don't know. How, I haven't really seen any interviews of him talking about it, but I, I'm, I'm curious to see like how he does feel about the family he's left behind or, or just kind of abandoned. But um, yeah, I mean, but, you could ask Will Smith that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I'm still waiting on my allowance. He abandoned me. <laughs> um shit, oh yeah i was brought- gonna say the 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 part where they take a where the girl takes a break a bathroom break you know, uh, apparently, th- yes apparently that's a real thing that happens in tennis and i think they're trying to sort of uh fix that issue and trying to come I, up with a rule i got so fucking angry during that where it's like again because as a coach i'm like first of all that's something well now that i know that you just confirmed it, like that's something that would happen yeah, like a number one seed at, at, on ver- on the verge of being upset by um, a relatively unknown a- yeah. at that time, or just an early upset in general. Especially when it's like an individual sport, you're the number one player in the world. Like if the best team in any sport gets upset, it's like normally not a huge deal because it's a team sport. But like when you're the number one, like you know, it, I would assume there's a lot more pressure on you in that regard. Right. But I saw that scene, and I was like, God. Damn it. Of course <laughs> yeah. they would pull some dirty shit like this. Yeah, that, that just made me I was, and I, I haven't I wanted to watch the actual I don't know if, if it's been filmed, but I do want to see the actual match and, and see what happened. But yeah, I thought that was just crazy that you could take a, you know, sort of icing the player and just take a break, take a break as long as you want. I'm like, they can do this. And then lo and behold, it turns out, yeah, they can do that. There's no rule for it, but they're, apparently they're trying to fix that rule. But I don't think they've made any progress at all. Yeah, I don't know how you necessarily police that because what if you do just need to take a shit? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm listen. You can police me all you want. I need to take a shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. They're like, well, we're not going to take away your freedom to take a shit. Yeah, so I can understand never take that. Take our freedom. <laughs> but I mean, granted, it's actually what happened in real life, but. It made yeah. sense because Venus is so young and inexperienced just because yeah. of matches at that point. It would make sense that it, it was effective on her because not only was she, she was 14, but she hadn't played uh, but one match in the past three years. And that was yeah. the match she played. She won to get back or get into the match she was currently playing. So it made a lot of sense. Uh, but again, it, it was a true story. So like, you know, of course it made sense that that actually happened. Um, but yeah. you mentioned the uh you know the, the past life of, of richard williams and whatnot that's kind of how like the, the movie opened where it's like mm-hmm. it kind of it dropped you right in the middle of like the call it the the training montage that he had yeah. b- before they were like of age and could actually compete in juniors or anything like that and he he mentioned he's like telling the story uh, of his two prodigies or whatever and he's like oh yeah i went back home and told my wife uh you know we we needed to make two more and i'm and like 
I guess I didn't realize it at the time because again, it was so early on in the movie. I'm like, I, I, I didn't even realize that, you know, he, he had kids or he didn't start this way or whatever. Because, mm-hmm. because again, I, I didn't know the story going into it. Um, right. And then obviously, you know, you see the siblings and whatnot, but uh, you don't get the full grasp of what happened beforehand because he basically just says, oh, yeah, I, I, I saw she got paid uh, a tennis player got paid 40 thousand dollars four days yeah. work and i make 52 in a year so yeah. i figured i you know i was in the wrong field and i was like all right that's sound reasoning like that's 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 real shit too because i i yeah. actually saw him say that in a real interview richard williams he was like yeah. well yeah at first i, I did it because it was forty thousand dollars and i wanted to be rich right and it's like okay that makes sense and I, i'm glad you say that too because there was a line in the movie that was said and i was like all right that's a hundred percent a movie script line but then at the end when they showed the yeah. real footage it was actually said and it was like when they're interviewing venus and serena and it was specifically serena at this point and, and they were like oh uh who do you want to play like or whatever yeah. and she's like i want people to play like me and play i was like, like that is a fucking gangster line like <laughs> that really is, is awesome but then i realized she actually said that in real life i was like holy shit the, the, yeah. these girls were cold-blooded <laughs> killers from the jump from the jump <laughs> from jump real. street they, they, yeah. they were fucking meant to be the best it was yeah. it was pretty funny yeah There's, yeah serena was not was not messing around and she definitely proved herself obviously. oh yeah <laughs> i don't think she's messed around a day in her life although she could not uh, mess around with me suffocate me <laughs> suffocation no breathing <sighs> hey, well she's she's married a white guy so you have a chance <laughs> <laughs> there's always a chance um but yeah i mean that was kind of my my thoughts on the movie i thought it was really well done didn't have yeah. any problems really uh there, there's you could probably make two or three movies uh based yeah on i was thinking that <laughs> every like based on where it ended because again, I, I mentioned Serena's only 13 at the time, and you kind of do like a sequel following pivoting from like Richard Williams to the Williams sisters. I don't think yeah. it's necessary. Maybe no. it, it would it might be too much, but like you could. Because yeah, I, I would imagine sure. there's so much to, to dive into that they didn't touch on in this movie, but I I thought it was a very um comprehensive, um, well contained movie as far as like what it wanted mm-hmm. to tell and the message it had was really really good um i when because i so i watched it on hbo max yeah um i didn't go to see it in theaters but uh i'm a big subtitles guy love yeah. subtitles oh, yeah. so i had to support my boy fox yeah. um, but i also think it, it you know maybe the general opinion of subtitles is it, it like detracts from the movie because you're focusing on the subtitles i think it adds to stuff I, oh, sure. I I pick up way more from subtitles than I, I do just listening. Like even in shit, uh, like I haven't, or that I've watched a bunch of times, like the replacements. Cause like I would, I've seen the replacements a million times, but only recently did I start watching with subtitles and like, I'm picking up shit in that movie that I've seen yeah. a million times that I haven't <laughs> picked up before. So uh, I watched it with subtitles and, and um, but that's just to say, I watched it on HBO max and I saw the runtime. I was like, God damn, two hours, 24 minutes. I was like, yeah, all right. But uh, I saw, uh, I can't take full credit for it, but I saw a tweet where it's like, runtime doesn't matter as long as the pacing's good. And yeah. that, that that's, it's perfectly 
put. It's like runtime should not matter. Like yeah. people are are so off off put or put off put off <laughs> yeah people are so put off by runtime anything over two hours they're like god that's a long movie yeah it, it, if the pacing's right it doesn't feel long like yes there 100 are movies that uh you know are two and a half three hours long and it was just like this is so unnecessary <laughs> yeah definitely there are movies like that and that kind of ruins the argument i'm trying to make but if the pacing's good runtime does not matter honestly it kind of leaves you wanting more than yeah. than anything um so yeah just to take it back to your point the pacing was really really well done yeah uh, you know you're right i felt like there could be a if they wanted to it could i could see a way for a sequel <laughs> like i i think this might be a first movie where it'd be a biopic and you have a fucking sequel for it like you don't see malcolm x 2 <laughs> we, we get tiger king 2 <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, that that's true, but it, it's it'd be really interesting if they if they did go there out, and I well, feel like you, you, it'd be just fine. Can't do a Malcolm X two. He did. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Can't you? I mean, like Ray two, Ray Charles two. I don't know. I have a dream too. <laughs> yeah, um, that was fucked. I should have said that. <laughs> you gonna show up in your dreams like Freddy, uh, Freddy Krueger? <laughs> yeah, fuck. Oh man, like I heard you were talking shit about me on your podcast. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, <laughs> it's funny shit. Oh, no, man. All right, ninety-five from Fox. Do you have any final thoughts on the movie? Uh, I guess yeah. I think I just would say that you. This is definitely a love letter from the Williams sisters to their father, and I think the writer Zach Balin and the director Ronaldo Green and Will Smith did a wonderful job in help in helping construct and deliver a really strong and, and captivating story. So that, that's basically all I would have to say. Yeah, I agree. I highly recommend this movie to to anyone, really. I, th- I think uh, because yeah. the, the Williams sisters are so well known and no disrespect to any like prominent figure, but there are those uh, important figures in history that you just don't know about. Yeah. And, 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 you know, not to diminish their story or their accomplishments or anything, but it, the the tough it's tough to like get people to buy in if they have never heard of you even though you are important whereas like mm-hmm. the Williams sisters are obviously so uh, uh, amazing and accomplished and not that that defines them as you know people or anything like that but because the name recognition is already there I think a yeah. lot of people will already have that kind of interest level to begin with and then having watched the movie they'll be like oh yeah obviously this is a really fucking good movie yeah yeah Absolutely. So, highly recommend this. 95 from Fox and myself. Um, next week, I think, are we doing House of Gucci? Is that coming out yet? Are we doing uh, Ghostbusters? So, we need to do Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. House of Gucci comes out this week. Yeah, I wasn't sure what you wanted to do because I want to do Ghostbusters because apparently yeah. it's it, it's pretty solid. If, if it bombed, we would have skipped it. Yeah, but it's apparently doing really it's well. doing pretty well and we're going to need to talk House of Gucci yeah, because House of Gucci Oscar. has a pretty good run too right now. I mean, a pretty good start. Yeah, so I guess which one do House of Ghostbusters? 
House of Ghostbusters. <laughs> do well, let's do <laughs> let's do Ghostbusters next week. So that way okay. we can do House of Gucci, even if it gets pushed just one week or if it gets pushed a little bit later, it's even closer to Oscar season. So we can kind of you know, because we're gonna have to talk about it again in February with some of the award nominations. Is there is is there a, I think there's nothing coming out like the week before uh Spider-Man, is there? Uh, I think, there's I think House Nightmare of Gucci is... Alley. Oh, oh that's no, right. that's no, that's the same day. No, the same no, week. No, okay. That, yeah. So not that. Um, where the fuck is my? Because uh, if there's nothing coming out, if House of Gucci is like the last big movie, I think we could do that. I mean, so give it its own week. Okay. So. All right. Yep. Yeah. So next week. So basically call it december 1st i don't know if it's coming out on wednesday or if it's thursday but uh next week will be ghostbusters the week after that will be house of gucci we can skip we can skip west side story that's initially what we had okay Uh, yeah we can yeah we can we don't need to do west side story we can do yeah so we'll do house of gucci and then uh go from there Uh, spider-man will be around the time so we have an episode the week of 12 15 december 15th yeah we'll need to figure out what to do because nightmare alley was supposed to come out uh i think december 3rd or something and it got pushed back to december 17th i don't know why why would you compete with a marvel movie (laughs) makes no sense but we'll figure it out so we'll do ghostbusters afterlife next week and then house of gucci in two weeks we'll do that cool cool yeah all right so that does it for our review uh, be sure to go watch King Richard. Go see it in theaters. Have that wholesome yeah. theater experience. See it with uh, the family. And then you can watch it again on HBO Max. But we're going to end this uh, episode as we do all our episodes. Talk about our streaming recommendations. Uh, Fox, what do you got? Yeah, I just mentioned it. So I'm going to recommend The Blind Side. <laughs> and if you, I think if you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth watching. Uh, starring Sandra Bullock, if, as you should already know. But yeah, just... I feel like I shouldn't even have to describe this movie because I feel like everyone knows it. So that's my streaming recommendation. It's on HBO Max. I'll give this a 90 out of 100. Yeah, I, I like that movie. I mean, I know yeah. I, there's some inaccuracies that are well documented, but I like that movie. Uh, my streaming recommendation is uh, Hitch. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one, I love the movie, yeah. but I also kind of want to just, well, also, uh, Pursuit of Happiness isn't streaming anywhere. Otherwise, that would have been my yeah. streaming recommendation. <laughs> but uh, Hitch, I, I think, does display Will Smith's range. Uh, obviously, people know Will Smith, the person, as kind of like a comedic guy. Yeah. And plus, you know, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, you know he can do comedy. But, like, uh, I, I do think Hitch kind of displays another element of range for him because... There, there's some like emotional moments in Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but he kind of does. He's like comedic, but he's very polished at the same time. Mm-hmm. Whereas like in Fresh Prince, he's not always polished. Like he, he's a teenager or whatever, so it's like yeah. he's gonna be a teenager. But like uh, in Hitch, he's like polished but comedic, and he has the, those moments and, and whatnot. So uh, you're this is all just uh, in uh, pursuit of getting Will Smith that Oscar win showing his range and showing the academy that he is a, a great and diverse actor and can do yeah. any role given to him and he can do it well. 
unless uh, Jared Leto is the Joker in the same film, and then it <laughs> derails Will Smith. <laughs> yeah, understandably so. I mean, if I had pig oh, guts man. being sent to my door, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I that I would be able to act either. But Hitch is on HBO Max as well. I give it probably an eighty-seven. I love Hitch a lot. Very yeah, rewatchable. Very, very rewatchable. Also, the second highest grossing romantic comedy movie of all time, by the way. What's number one? <laughs> uh, some movie with that with some guy named Mel Gibson. Uh, what's it called? Uh, what uh, Men Want. What Men Want. I think that's uh, the highest grossing movie. Crazy Rich Asians didn't beat that? No, nah, it didn't even come close to any oh, of those shit. numbers. <laughs> I guess rom-coms used to be much bigger back in the day. They really now they're did. not. Yeah. And that we talked about that with Free Guy. It's like it's rom-com different. It's hybrid rom-com. Right. Which is kind of what you need to do because the, the rom-coms nowadays are just like so. Ugh. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. But all right. So watch um, Blindside and Hitch on HBO Max. Uh, those are our streaming recommendations of the week. Hope you guys have a good Thanksgiving. We will be back next week reviewing Ghostbusters Afterlife. So uh, nice little ghostbusters rewatch in the future for my, or over the weekend for myself and maybe for fox and maybe for you guys listening at home but yeah. that does it for this episode fox you got anything else for the listeners before we head out yeah uh if you're listening to this before thanksgiving enjoy your thanksgiving and if you're not then uh keep listening to mariah carey's all i want for christmas is you <laughs> <laughs> well that, that's enough so for me christmas does not start till the day after thanksgiving and that's not necessarily out of like some uh you know pride for thanksgiving like thanksgiving is literally just for food and that's about it yeah and i acknowledge that but i i'm tired of christmas starting earlier and earlier every single year it just bothers me <laughs> like it is fucking november 1st and people are talking about christmas like i don't care christmas is two <laughs> months away i don't care i think yeah i think if thanksgiving had like more movies and more music i think people would would care more about thanksgiving that's understandable but like <laughs> They jump the, the gun. It, every fucking year they start earlier and earlier. Yeah. It, shit, like it right after Halloween. <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> they like really do. November 1st. They start. I'm like, bro, what the <laughs> fuck? Just shit. yeah. But yeah. So after Thanksgiving, yes, you can listen to uh, all I want for Christmas is you. And uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go watch a uh, Love Actually too this weekend. You watch oh. you seen that that movie? It's been a long time since I've seen that one. Well, the, watch yeah, that. that's kind of like the recurring same way. Uh, um, fantasy is the recurring song in uh, in Free Guy. Free Guy. Uh-huh. Uh, All I want for Christmas is kind of the recurring song in in Love Actually. Oh, really? Okay. Now I'm more inclined to watch it now. <laughs> Maybe not like as much, but it <laughs> yeah. is uh, because fantasy obviously plays all throughout the Free Guy. But right. Uh, but it is a, a prominent part of Love Actually. People don't like that movie, but I that's like what I hear. Movie. <laughs> I don't know why people don't. It is an ensemble movie. Again, there's that word again. But like, I don't know why people don't like. It's not quite like Valentine's Day or what was the other, the New Year's Eve. It's not that to that yeah, level. Valentine's Day too. But it does kind of have that same like Valentine's Day and New Year's Eve. We're trying to copy Love Actually because there were like different uh, love stories that they were following. But Love Actually is one of a kind. It's good. I don't care what people I mean, say. We- I mean, like Hugh Grant, Kieran Knightley, and Liam Neeson. I feel like it has to be good, right? And I mean, <laughs> you get uh, fucking, uh, my fucking, uh, my I, I fucking can't, uh... 
There, there's a lot of people in that movie. It's, uh, it's isn't really that um, Colin that guy Firth? From Walking Dead. Oh, Colin Firth. Colin Firth, yeah. Andrew Lincoln. Um, yeah. There, there's um, Shannon Elizabeth. That's what I was trying to think of. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. The original. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> the original. <laughs> yeah. But, anyways, that, that's besides the point. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving to all our listeners. Uh, and enjoy some food. Don't don't get, get beat up at Walmart. <laughs> yeah, none of that. No dry ass stuffing. No. <laughs> yeah. Don't. Eat the good dressing. Yeah, good good dressing. <laughs> and uh, talk to you guys next week. This has been a Major Motion podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Major Motion Cast. Fox at Fox Film Fanatic. Myself at National Zace. We appreciate listening. Again, this has been a Major Motion podcast. See ya.